Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Jan Arden. I'm here with Sarah Burke. We have a great show for you today, but first of all, Kim, Dennis, wait till you meet this woman, Sarah. She is going to be giving us a lot of information in a very short period of time. She's a clairvoyant. She's a medium. She's a psychic. Do you have any experience with any of that, Sarah? Like, does this is this ringing any bells for you? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And I've been wondering in particular about my grandfather on my dad's side a lot. Last summer, dad bought a cottage and he grew up with a cottage in the family. So I think this was something he had as a goal for a long time. He's getting ready to retire, et cetera. For whatever reason, in my Zadie's office, that's what we called him, he had like little ducks, little brass ones as decoration. Whenever I saw ducks on that lake, it's usually a huge, huge pack of them, right? And then sometimes when I would be thinking about my grandparents, there'd only be two. And sure enough, when my dad is like on the deck of this cottage about to put an offer in, two of the ducks roll up in the water. And he's like, I swear to God, it was my mom and dad. I swear to God. I love that though. I think, and I, Kim will speak to this as well, I'm sure. The details, I think, that people overlook. I see my mom in the animals that are around my yard. Before my mom passed away, we would once in a while have a deer that go, went through the yard. My parents had two big dogs. And so, of course, I'm not going to get a lot of wildlife because we have two large farm dogs that are trolling the perimeter. And they're just wild. Of course, when the dogs passed away, it's pretty quiet around there. But when mom and dad both left the planet, I had said after mom went, I said, mom, just send me lots of animals. Send me lots of animals. That's going to be our thing. Be careful what you ask for, because I have had everything you can possibly imagine. Bears, cougars, bobcats, skunks, uh, foxes, so many deer, moose. And I mean on a daily basis. I'm not going to say to her, well, that's good, mom. You can cool it now. But I, I love that you recognize the beauty and the magic because it makes you feel good. So why not? Seeing those geese land on the lake or that symbolism in your day-to-day life makes you feel better and it makes you feel positive. So I say, why not? Uh, Kim. Kim's here now. I think she's joining. She's joining right now. Kim is with us now. Here we go. Our guest today is a favorite of the Jan Arden radio show and podcast and a friend of mine, which makes this really special for me. Please welcome back Kim Dennis, a clairvoyant, which means she is a person who claims to have a supernatural ability to perceive events in the future or beyond normal sensory contact. She's also a psychic, and as she says on her website, I'm a medium. I can connect you with your loved ones who have crossed over. I believe that we don't really die. We just change form. Through channeling, I can provide insight into your life past, present, and future. Please welcome Kim Dennis to the show. Hello. Thank you. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you so very much. I don't know if you've ever met Sarah before. Sarah, meet Kim. Kim, meet Sarah. Sarah, nice to meet you. I had a reading with you last week, Kim. Yeah. And once again, you blew my mind. So I walked in the door. Kim does readings in her beautiful home. I'm not going to say where. And you go in and it's so beautifully comfortable. I feel like I'm going in for a therapy session. And not only are we friends, so it's always nice to see each other in person, but Kim has beautiful candles going. She offers you like tea or water or whatever you want to do. And then off we go. Kim is sitting in a chair across from me. And the first thing you said, Kim, was, I'm someone is here, a Scylla, uh, Celia, Scylla, I said, Krilla, Krilla. 
And Krilla is my dad's mom, and she was not my favorite grandmother. <laughs> it just took my breath away because how random is that name, for one? Yes. You know what? I always loved that when, I mean, there's lots of Marys and Margarets and, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. There is. I mean, there is. And, you know, and if that's your grandma's name, fair enough or whatever. But I really do enjoy when I get something like just really different, you know. And uh, I, I couldn't get exactly Krilla, but, you know, I, I go by sounds, right? I'm Claire audience probably more than anything. I hear them. So, yeah. So, and if sometimes if you're my first reading or you are my only reading that day, and of course I'm thinking about you, sometimes uh, spirit souls will start showing up a little bit ahead of time. And that's what she was doing. Yeah, that's what she was doing. She was waiting for you, waiting for you to get here. And that's why when you hit the door, I'm like, hmm. You know, this person's been kind of waiting for you. So, yeah. Well, she had lots of messages. And, and you know, she wasn't my favorite grandmother. She was very stern. She was Mormon. Um, her parents came up from a covered wagon from Utah. And Kim kind of spoke to that. She's like, did they come from somewhere? From the U.S. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, too, and I was saying this to Kim when I was sitting there, and I said, this is so bizarre. I don't think about her very often. And I don't think of her with a lot of kindness or fondness because she was stern. She was a teacher for 30 years. I've talked to her on about her on the show a little bit. But, you know, Kim, you said to me, she wants you to know she did the best she could. Yes. Yeah. And, and everybody does down here, you know. I think that she thought that she was doing the best that she could. You know, the, you just have a different perspective on the other side. You know, all is forgiven on the other side. There's no hard feelings. You know, I get this a lot when I read for people and I'm like, I've got your mom and dad and they're together. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, yeah, they really are. They <laughs> like each other in life. And I'm like, well, that's how lovely it is on the other side. It's like all is forgiven. There's no hard feelings. And that perspective that we're all down here doing the best we can with what we know and what we have. I mean, we can all sort of work on ourselves and do better as well, too. And that's where I kind of help with spiritual counseling and stuff like that. You know, everybody I said is lovely on the other side. You don't worry about anybody who's crossed over. You know, they're all, nobody's old, nobody's sick. You know, even mental health. We get that you're, you know, physically that you're well because you don't take your body, right? But uh, but emotional things get healed, get healed as well, too. So they have their, as all they're lovely on the other side, they're not in denial. They're very aware of what they were like when they were here. And sometimes, you know, often, you know, they'll come through and apologize, um, you know, something that they never did, you know, when they were when they were here in the in the physical world, but still know that their son, their daughter or whatever still needs to still needs to hear that. And it's not just sort of a flip in the wind story or whatever. They'll give me some evidence. I did this and I did this and I should have done that. And I, you know, I should have quit drinking and whatever. And I know I wasn't there for you emotionally. And I know I didn't show up at your football game or whatever. And they're like, oh, wow, that is him. You know what he is? He's telling me, you know, some of the things that they realize that really stick with you. You know, it says, I'm, I'm, I'm really having a tough time getting past the fact that he never showed up for that or he didn't care or, or whatever. But I also give him the perspective, too, that we choose our parents who are best going to serve us with what we need to learn here. You know, so if your parent, you know, wasn't really in your life, maybe self-reliance was one of your lessons this time. Around. <laughs> no kidding, right? Okay, maybe you learn from your parent what not to do or what not to be, right? So, you know, we're all here to learn. What are some of the reactions? And, and, and I know Sarah's got 100 questions, and I want her to ask them because... I get, I have access to you. I get to see you. And I think people are very curious, but you know, you've sat across uh, on your beautiful chair <laughs> onto that couch. You've sat across from thousands of yeah. people. Yeah. And is there a general sense that you come away with after these readings? I mean, I know that's a huge general kind of a blanket statement, but people come in Kleenex in fist, but hoping to hear from someone that they love and 
And I guess it's a lot of grief, isn't it? It is. It's a lot. There's, I deal with a lot of grief. You know, people come for two reasons. Like you said, they're, they're grieving or they want some insight into their life or, or, or a bit of both. But I do, I deal with a lot of grief and I try to, I try to bring it down to earth. I don't want the stuff to be scary or ooh or anything like that. I want, I want to help. I mean, it can't bring anybody back obviously, but if I can narrow that gap between that world and this world and point out things that are happening to them, that is their loved one making a connection with them or whatever I do. They do come in one way and they do leave another way. You know, I'm not, it's not, a huge transformation, but I do see that some of that's been lifted, that they do feel comforted. It's like, yes, you know what? Yeah. I, your mom saw you spill this all over the floor this morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, I did. I'm like, how would I know that? Right. So it's like, it's, it's the, that's what it really is, is the little things, the day-to-day things that they tell me that they see you doing to let you know, it's like, there's no way that I would know that unless they were, unless they were telling me. Those, those details really help people. It's in the little details. It is. It's that. It's just, you know, I was reading for a woman the other day. I said, you, you, her mom had crossed over, had come through. Um, I said, you dropped your son off at school. And I said, you turned the corner and I said, and your tire just went flat. She goes, that happened yesterday. I'm like, how would I know that? Right. So that's what I mean. It's like the little tiny things are the big, huge things. I want to give Sarah an opportunity just to ask you a question or questions, because like I said, I'm lucky enough and fortunate enough to have probably read with you 10 times, 15 times. Yeah. yeah. I've known you like it's got to be 20 years or more. I met you at a fundraiser for an animal uh, rescue thing. Yeah. Sarah? So I've only had one experience that made me sort of like want to learn more about this stuff. And I would love to quickly tell you guys about it. Sure. So I I was at an appointment for something completely unrelated to this. And the practitioner, when I got in the room, said to me, oh, there's someone here for you. And at that moment, of of course, I had no idea what was going on. But I said, okay, who? And, And she goes, he says he's nothing like him. He's nothing like your uncle. And the craziest thing was my dad is one of seven. We had just had um, a Jewish holiday dinner where my dad invited my uncle, who we don't always see, over for the dinner. And I kept hearing his laugh and it was reminding me of my grandfather, who's no longer with us. And I thought to myself, oh my God, he reminds me of Zadie so much. And I said it out loud to my dad. The next day, this woman says, he's nothing like your uncle. Yeah. Listening. So that's what it is. It just, they are, they're listening. They're listening. And sometimes, yeah, that they will seize that moment. Yeah. To just to come through and just let you know that they are, that they're there with you. I kind of get a young man actually around you. That's who I get. A young adult male. That's interesting. That's sort of a young adult male that crossed over. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, you know, mostly what it is, is I hear them. And that's probably what she did as well too, right? Tap Everything's in the vibration, right? Tap into a higher vibration. So, so if you're with somebody or whatever, yeah, they'll kind of see that they kind of seize the moment. As a child, were you frightened by that auditory sort of surge of information coming to you? I didn't have it as a child. I didn't it evolved. That part didn't start till I was in my mid twenties. Um, this all started for me. Probably one of my earliest recollections is I started having out of body experiences at thirteen. And I had them almost every night for 10 years. And it didn't involve LSD. Not at all. No, not at all. Not at all. No, this was, yes. I had them almost every night for 10 years. And most of the time I didn't go anywhere. I just went around my room. And you know, it's funny. When I look back, you know, I was only a kid, right? But I never, I was never scared. And I never thought I was going to die. It just never occurred to me. I always had the, the ability, even though it, was, it, was in, it seemed involuntary that I would just leave my body. I always had the, the ability to come back, to come back in. 
a couple times I did go to a higher place and which must have been heaven. Yeah. And I visited a couple of times and had saw some pretty cool things or whatever. And I think I needed to do that just so I could tell people yeah, that I did see where your people go. So I can't just say, oh, you know, it's a lovely place. Don't worry about anybody there that I actually did have a couple, a couple visits. So don't worry about anybody who's crossed over. You got enough with grief. A lot of people, that's almost their first thing. Are they okay? You know, are they sick anymore? Are they at peace or whatever? That's what, that's the primary thing because they care about them, right? And just know that you don't take your illness with you. You don't take your, your problems with you. All that stuff gets healed. And one of the things I saw was my grandparents there, my dad's parents who were lovely people. Um, my grandmother had only been gone about six months at that time. They had been in a nursing home for like two years. So, but when I saw them, they looked like my elderly grandparents, but they weren't sick anymore. So yes. And all, they didn't say anything. They just looked at me like they were so happy to see me and I was so happy to see them as well too. So yeah. And I saw colors that don't exist here. I can't recall them, but I know I saw them. That's so. It is so, it is. You know what? I, I, I can, I remember I can go to the feeling and what it was like. The people who do LSD are like, I know those colors. <laughs> but <laughs> You know, it almost sounded, I couldn't hear water, but it sounded like I was in a spa, right? You could hear like a babbling brook, like everything's feeling, right? Of peace and serenity and, and I don't know, harmony and everything just the way it's supposed to be. I sort of like peeked into this room and it, and, and it was like a classroom. There was all these souls and I was kind of told that they had just crossed over and they were watching their lives, life review. It's like they were like watching their own lives and they were feeling everything that they made other people, other people feel. And fast track to the Oprah years or whatever, Betty Edie was on. She wrote a book, Embraced by the Light, and she had a near-death experience during surgery. She saw that same room. It stopped me in my tracks. My kids were running around. I was like, what did she say? I was like, I saw that exact same room. Right. And it was, it was, I don't know if I really needed, but it was like extra validation. I, I wanted to go back to kids, you know, you as a young woman, you know, kids are really magical. You know, when you, when you think about the, the weight that are on children's shoulders these days, and maybe through every generation, they've had their own weight, like but just things now with technology and, and all the, the stuff going on in the world. But I, I remember my mom saying, we had the same stuff. It might not be the same stuff as this, but we had our own worries and our own stuff. But kids are so resilient. And what they do is they suspend their idea of the perception of reality. They're able to believe in Santa Claus, like really, truly believe in Santa Claus. I believed in Santa Claus. When my older brother told me, and I think I was like nine, nine or 10, which is pretty old. And I cried for a week. I really thought it was real. I really let myself go down there. But it's been part of what has made me successful in my life because I really believe in things. I really believe that I can do this. And I really believe, well, I might not be the best at it, but I believe that I can do it. And so, you know, when you talk about not being frightened, Kim, that really interests me because what a gift. I don't know if it was my age or what it was, but it just never occurred to me that it was anything bad or anything. It almost got to a point because I was going into my teen years where it was annoying, of course. You know, yeah, talking about kids and stuff like that, they, they, are, they are resilient, but I think they all have problems and stuff to deal with. I just think we need to deal with them more. A lot of times back in the day, they kept kids out of the picture. You know, don't tell them, keep them in the dark. You know what happens? Yes. They're left to themselves to figure stuff out. You know, Mr. Rogers was an empath. You know what? He was. He helped children sort out their feelings about adult issues so they weren't messed up adults. 
right? And if you, every show, my oldest daughter used to watch him. Every show had a theme. If a parent dies, if, a, if you get bullied at school, if you have a parent in jail, you know, or your parents get divorced. I mean, adults struggle with this stuff, let alone a kid who has no life experience. So keeping them in the dark and letting them to figure it out on their own, that, and that's why I think a lot of times, you know, that there's people, you know, adults who, who have problems, you know, all starts in their childhood. So I think it's important when things come up to keep them talking, you know, and if they're saying oh, nothing's wrong and you know there is, start asking them questions, pull it out of them. You know, it must bother you that dad never comes around. It would bother me if my dad never came around. But you know, it's not you, right? Because grandma loves you. I can't get enough of you. You got lots of friends, stuff like that. And then you help them process, process their feelings. So we always have stuff, but I think we need to not keep kids. And I think that's happening, not keep kids in the dark, you know, and talk, let them talk about their feelings and make them feel comfortable to do that, you know, put them in the play. You know, one of the best places to talk to your kids is in a car, right? Because they can't escape. There's nowhere to go. You know, they don't have to look at you. You can have the radio on a little bit, you know, or let them play on their iPad or whatever. So because when they're just like, like one-on-one or one, I think it's a little bit difficult. So, you know, keeping kids in the dark and the intentions were good. Parents wanted to protect them. But I just don't think that's always the best solution. But, you know, kids, too, they they are the best manifestors. I talk about manifesting all the time. They are the best manifestors because they don't have to think about bills and stuff. They don't let go. Right. They don't. They focus on the bike or the toy or the whatever it is that they want going to Disneyland. That's why people always say, oh, kids always end up with the crap they want. Yeah, because they, they just focus on it until it shows up. They do. And I'm talking that is of, so hilarious. I'm talking about a group of people that have no money or jobs. Right. They have. I'm never going to forget that. We're talking about a group of people that don't have money or jobs. Yes. And they get they stuff. They get stuff. <laughs> Even if it's like the parents like set up and gets it for them. Well, I still got it. Yeah, it, it works. It works. So they just don't let up till it shows up. Do that with everything. We can learn so much from them. And like I said, they and they don't even think about how much it costs. They don't know how much the bike costs. They just want it. Yeah, <laughs> and they see themselves with it and it flipping shows up. Now, because I know you, Kim, I know we've spoken about your mom and your, and your maternal grandmother, your mother was not at all a medium. She was not clairvoyant. She did. She doesn't have that. And your, your mother is, is still with yeah. us, but your grandmother, my grandfather, my mother's father, your grandfather. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. And if you ever had a conversation, you know, with your mom going, I don't have it, but my dad had, like, did you ever well, have that conversation? Well, what it was is I just kind of, I just kind of knew I, um, I was, my grandfather was 70 when I was born, but I was lucky he lived to be 94. So I did get to know him quite a oh, bit. Geez. He was a lovely man with Irish roots. So yeah, it's the gift of the sight that the Irish have, right? And potatoes anyway. Um, so I never, I never saw him do anything personally. But I always heard, and he was British as well, too. So my family would have a cup of tea and they'd flip him the cup, right? And say, oh, here, dad, what do you see? You know, and I guess that numerous times he did say things. And when he did, he was bang on and they came true. So, you know, when I look back into my family, if it runs in families, I don't know if it does. That's probably my best guess uh, is that it comes from my mother's, my mother's father. Like I said, he never he never, I never actually saw him do anything like that, but um, he was a pretty quiet man. He was in the first world war. He was a gunner. So he lost a lot of his hearing, but yeah. So my best guess is that's where it, that's where it comes from. Can a person learn mediumship? Like we talk a lot about in our day-to-day lives and, and you and I have had this discussion about intuition and about women, especially how we ignore our intuition. Don't get into that elevator. 
and they get it. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to override that. I'm going to get into that elevator anyway, because I'm being silly right now. Uh, There's one guy in there. I'll be fine. I got four floors to go up. So talk about that a little bit. Well, you know what? Your feelings guide you. It's always about your feelings, whether you're in a good situation, bad situation, in between. It's always about your feelings. It's not about thinking. Thinking is so overrated, right? But most of the time, what we think and feel does line up. It looks good, feels good, looks bad, feels bad. But if you're ever thinking one thing, but you start getting a different feeling, the universe has your back. Right. So it's like, okay, this seems fine, but it's like, I'm getting an icky feeling, whatever. It's up to you to either listen to it or not. You'd never see an animal sense fear or sense something wrong and go, ah, I'm just being silly. Right. They always listen to their instinct. So, right. Right. So if you start getting a different feeling, whether it's about fear or even if you're buying a used car, it all checks out. You're like, I don't know. Something's just bugging me. I can't do it. Right. The universe has your back. And if you don't listen to it, then you go, I knew it. I should have listened. Yeah, you did. Don't be hard on yourself. Just learn from it. We're all here to learn, right? When you know better, you do better. So the next time that happens, listen. And if you don't, same thing. We've all had moments where we knew we should or shouldn't have done something. Why did you know that? Because your inner voice, your inner voice, which is your soul, which is the real you, um, that's always there to guide you. So, you know, you can almost shut off your thinking. And thinking is so much louder, too. We got to know that thinking is so much louder than feeling. The noise of the world or all that mind chatter will drown out that inner voice if you let it. That's why when people are really upset, they're all wound up. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm like, you do. It was always there. You just couldn't hear it. Sarah has a question. I have been having a strong yearning to speak to that grandfather, the same grandfather that I was talking about in that story I told you. And that, you know, Jan sort of said, if you want to ask him something, like, you can. So... Yeah, I think my my question is like, why have I been having that yearning to talk to him? Like, is there something he needs me to know? Well, you've been feeling him around, right? So this is the other thing you don't, we're kind of, you don't have to be psychic or whatever medium to pick up on them, right? Anytime, this is how, this is the easiest way our loved one, I think what it is, is he's making, he's reaching out to you. So you want to reach back, right? Or you're kind of, that's what it is. He's he's reaching out. Um, But anytime you have a moment, you're like, oh, that makes me think of my grandpa or that makes me think of my mom or my dad or whoever. The reason you're having that moment is because it's them, right? So just stay in that moment, whether it's a flashback to a memory or, you know, you start your, you think about it, start your car and a song comes up. My dad does that a lot. I lost my dad. I'll think about him, start my car and there's Johnny Cash, right? So I can either go, that's a coincidence, which I don't think exists, or I'm like, hello, dad. Right. You know, that's I was driving up the, the number two highway yesterday. Right. It was kind of snowy. My dad was a mechanic. Right. And I'm like, hey, dad, if you're with me, you know, it's like, get me there safely or something like that. And then a van pulled in front of me nicely. And it said 1927 on the back. That's the year my dad was born. So I can either go, oh, I w- that was a coincidence or, you know, I'm like, hello, dad. Right. So so but the thing is, you'll have that moment. You're like, oh, that makes me think of grammar debt or whatever. So stay in that moment. That's them giving you a nudge to let you know that they're there. We are here with Kim Dennis, psychic, clairvoyant, medium. She's got a real special connection to the beyond. Tell me about skepticism, like skeptics, people that, you know, sit in front of you and shut you down and be like, you know, you'll say, did your grandmother pass over? Yeah. But that's so general, like whatever. Well, for the most part, they don't bother with me. <laughs> honestly, you know, they honestly, they, they, they wouldn't even come see you, right? 
for the most part, and this isn't, I get it. I'm pretty thick skinned. This is not for everybody. I never sought out to be a psychic. I was a bank teller for Canada Trust. So, you know, I charge for a reading, not a huge amount, but I do. So they're not going to bother to pay the money and they don't usually come. The only ones is like some poor husband's been dragged to me by his wife or his girlfriend and he doesn't really want to come. You know, but usually they're nice guys. And I'm like, just have an open mind for a minute. I've had the odd jerk. And I'm like, eh, it's like my house. And I was like, you don't want to be here? There's the door. But that weeds out the skeptics, right? It's just like, yeah, they just don't. They just don't bother. So the only sort of conflict I get is if I post something on Facebook. Oh, you're a fraud or you're this or whatever. Well, yeah, there's so many people that they say, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll find what you're looking for. You know, we were talking about the internet the other day and, and boy, if you want to, if you want to find somebody to back you up, just go on the internet and you're going to find someone that's going to tell you you're a genius because of your opinion. And you're going to find a thousand people that think exactly the way you do. So in mediumship, when someone's sitting there, I, I mean, I believe it without a shadow of a doubt. I, I've, I'm not skeptical about it because I've had so many intricate, detailed things that would be impossible. For example, in our reading last week, something I always do, I take Poppy out for his last pee of the night out on my deck, Kim. I live in the sticks, so I my stars are un, uninhibited. They are, on a clear night, it is breathtaking. I say out loud, because I have no neighbors, I have nobody around me, Mom and Dad, I love you. Where are you guys? Make sure we're... I verbalize it. Kim said to me in the middle of our reading, oh, your mom and dad like it when you go up and yell at the stars at them at night. I was like, mother effer. What? But you were just ready to carry on. Yeah, your mom and dad really like it when you yell their names up at the stars. Anyway, and then there's someone coming through, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, I know I do that. They're like, hang on, let me catch my breath on that one. I'm like, oh, this is just another day for me. So the next night, obviously, when I went out and took Poppy out, getting ready for the, you know, the nighttime, and he's out there on his little mat or snow bank uh, on, the, on my big outdoor deck, and uh, I looked up at the stars, and I went, well, hi there. Are you in the trees? Where are you? <laughs> I just, I really felt like this is not lost. That's it. You know, that's, that's, that's a lot of, uh, of confirmation stuff that I do as well, too, is that they're aware of the things that you do for them. Because when you do things for them, like this is a lot of people like when I go out to the cemetery, is it worth it? And I'm like, yeah, if you think about them, thoughts carry energy. So whether you're outside, whether you're at the cemetery, whether you're in bed or whatever, when you think about them, it's like they, it's like sending a text message. They get a ping. So I always tell people like cemeteries aren't full of, of souls and stuff like that. But if you go out there and you're thinking about them, it draws them in. So you never go in vain. So they're aware of like vice versa. Like I would say, when they pop into your thoughts, it's like them going, eh. You know, and it's usually almost when you're alone and quiet with yourself, right? Anything, anything that makes you kind of like stop and think about them or, you know, even like I say, thoughts carry energy. You know, you can have like, say Sarah, you've been thinking about her all morning and then she phones you at lunch. All morning, Sarah's been going, I got to phone Jan at lunch, got to phone Jan at lunch, got to phone Jan. And every time she, you do that, you get a ping, Jan, ping. And then Sarah phones at lunch and you're like, oh, that's crazy. I've been thinking about you all morning. And like, yeah, uh, that's why. And then people kind of kind of relate with that. They're like, oh, is that what that is? Yeah. That explains my Zadie for sure, I think. Your, my grandfather we called my Zadie. Yeah. Exactly. So you guys were talking about him or whatever, and like, oh, yeah, it's just like it's like sending, it's like sending a text message. 
And a lot of times too, you know, we, things happen, children are born and, you know, we get married and there's events and we want to know if our loved ones are around and stuff like that. So I think it's just a great comfort to know that, you know, mom is still part of, of my children's lives and is seeing what they're doing. And yeah, they did get an A on that yesterday and everybody was surprised. Yeah. Hey, Zadie, what do you think of me co-hosting with Jan Arden? <laughs> Oh, well, you know what? They're, they just sort of, if you're doing what makes you happy, generally that's what makes them happy. Spiritualism isn't complicated. You know, we, we complicate the crap out of life. You know, if it feels right, do it. If it doesn't feel right, don't. If you're just, if you're just joining us right now, we're talking to medium, psychic, clairvoyant. We're talking to Kim Dennis today. Kim and I have known each other for 25 years and I've done many, many readings. All of them, I have come away absolutely just mind boggled. I know how my brain works. I know that I, I sit in front of you and I'm searching for morsels of things that strike familiar, but I don't have to search very hard. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I'm not being sweet. I'm, I'm always very surprised. I have no expectations when I go in. And, you know, sometimes I'm thinking maybe I'll leave with, that, with not a lot. But, you know, like this, this past time, I was just about to go, actually. We had just sort of... We'd wrapped it up and then, you know, we usually have a conversation yep. and we're just yep. talking about your kids yep. or what's going on. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's someone, Will. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. And you, But then you said to me, it's not Will. It's a different name. It's kind of like Will. And I went, and all of a sudden my heart just went, I said, Wilfred? You went, Will. that's it. That's my mom's dad. But you said, it's not Will. It's something right. like attached to that. So my, I only met him two or three times in my life. It was my mom's dad. And my mom was with him. And they were hugging. And it makes me emotional because they had no relationship. My grandfather was an alcoholic, raging alcoholic his whole life. My, my mom and my grandma escaped from him on a little shitty old bus leaving way up north out of the logging camps. They got a bus and they escaped and they hid from him because they were scared of him killing them. I mean, it was just awful. My mom's diary entries from, I've got all her diaries from when she was a kid. It was the saddest freaking diary entries you'd ever want to read. But I thought about it all the way home in the car of my mom embracing her dad. And you said, all is forgiven. They don't have any of that anymore. Yeah, that's all is forgiven. That's what it is. And that's why everything gets healed. That's what it is when you, when you do crossover. Earth is a big school. We're all taking different classes, learning different lessons. There's no mistakes in life, only lessons. But lessons are repeated till you get them. It doesn't always feel that way. It, but that's, I think that's generally how it works. And when your soul cannot learn anything more this time around, you're called home. That's when you go back. That's why we don't all pass at the same age. Well, yeah, it's so hard to say that about like a 10-year-old. or It is. Or a, a stillborn baby. Right. And you think, why did they go to all the trouble to come here? You know, and for that to happen, that's all their soul. I don't know why everything happens so it is, but I believe that's all their soul needed this time around. I don't know why my, my friend's mom's laying in a nursing home at 97 either. You know, she's like, check, please. <laughs> she says, if I've come to tell her that she's got more to learn, she's going to throw something at me. Yeah. So yeah, I know. It was like, I was like, you're just going to get there and boss everybody around, you know? And I think, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I think some people too, nobody's on their last life. You know, I think there's many lives behind us, many still in front of us. You know, um, some people have had more lives and hence the old soul a little bit. The easiest way to pick out an old soul, they're naturally drawn to the service of others. 
that the teachers, the nurses, the social workers, the volunteers, people who work with animals and stuff, that's an old soul. Nobody's any less, but that's an old Jan, soul. Jan, right here. Yes. You know, <laughs> right. Exactly. Because everything you make other people feel comes back to you, right? Have you ever been to a psychic? A long time ago. But you know, actually, no, but I've had um, the Calgary Paranormal Society come to my house. That was pretty cool. And they bring, I've never seen it before. It's called a spirit box or something like that. And, um, and a lot of, you could hear a lot of muffled sort of voices and sounds. I'm in an old house, right? And I don't know if that makes a difference, but when I first moved in here, I would sleep up or be in bed upstairs and I could hear almost like, it's almost like a dull party. It's like I, I lived two stories <laughs> above a, a pub or something. I would weird. shit myself. My youngest daughter used to live at home at the time. She used to kind of hear it too. Um, and, but anyways, they brought a spirit box and, um, I was just trying to see if maybe my dad, I could hear his voice or something like, but it's funny. I had a, a friend, he passed away a number of years ago and he used to call me Kimmers all the time. And, um, and all of a sudden it was like, Hey, Kimmers, uh, Gary, what's up? And I was like, Oh, I heard that. So it was really kind of nice. I have to bring this up because my friend, Ed Gasparski, if you're out there listening to this, this is for you. His wonderful wife was a longtime fan of mine. She was a, she was a medium. Wendy Gasparsky did a lot of stuff with the police forces, with the RCMP, and they had a lot of success with her helping find lost children or deceased people. But anyway, Wendy sadly passed away a few years ago from cancer. And she always would say to Ed, I will let you know that I'm okay. And I saw him at a show oh, a couple of years ago, just before COVID. So Wendy's probably been gone four or five years now. And I said, have you ever heard anything from Wendy? And he said, not a goddamn thing. He said, I'm so disappointed. And I thought, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. He said, I thought a light bulb would go off or I thought something would happen. I thought, but he said, nothing. I just, I've had nothing. And my heart kind of sunk for him. And and I'm wondering what your take is on that. I mean, well, here's a person. Yeah. Maybe he's just too, maybe he just doesn't see it or doesn't recognize you know, it. That's, you know, most of the time, most of the time messages are subtle. They are. They're the, the reoccurring thoughts. They're the, like the flashbacks of the memory. Sometimes you get something big. Sometimes you do that you can't mistake. And if you're more focused on that, you're going to miss the little subtle messages that are coming or, or nudges or whatever that are coming. I'm sure she's reaching out. I'm sure that she is. I, I don't want to think he's doing something wrong. But if he's looking for like a light bulb to explode or something big to happen, he's probably missing the little things. I, I think about her all the time. Like I, I think I didn't know her well, but I have a lot of her pottery. She was a beautiful potter and she, she could throw a plate and a mug and a tray and a, she just made glorious things. I think about her all the time and I'm like, oh, hey, Wendy, because it's just, it's almost like she's just right there in the room. She had a very big presence. Messages are subtle for the most part. They're not the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. You know, they're, they are. They're just anything that makes you stop and go, oh, and think of them, that's them. I always say, just ask them for a sign that they're there. Let them figure out the sign. Let that thought go and go on with your life. And it usually doesn't take very long for something to happen. But just know when it does, like a lot of people will talk themselves out of it. A lot of them will say, oh, I was looking for it and it showed up. I'm like, that's how everything works, actually. That's it does. That's manifesting. So I, I think, I don't want him to think he's doing something wrong, but I would suggest that he's, that he's missing, that he's looking for something bigger. 
Um, and it doesn't mean something big can't happen, but yeah, I think he's missing the little things. I'm sure she's, I'm sure around, you know, and if you're open to this stuff as well too, you're going to feel them around more. If you're like completely closed off, they're around, but they're not going to keep like dialing a number that nobody's going to answer. Right. <laughs> and, and sometimes too, I'll point out, well, this and this, and they're like, well, yeah, and like, well, that's your dad. So I would suggest that she is around, but he's, I, I would tell him to, not lower his expectations, but just more be aware of anything that makes him think of her. That's them giving you a nudge to let you know that they're there. But do just ask, say, give me a sign, you know? You know, and it all comes down to a lot of cliches, but the glass half empty, half full, living in gratitude. And and, and I know it's not as easy as that. God knows there's people struggling. Just in the last couple of minutes, Kim, because uh, sadly, I we have to let you go here. But um, what... What do you say for people that are really going through difficult times right now? Well, it depends on the difficult time. If it's something like grief or something like that, you have to process it, right? You don't have to go through anything alone, but you have to process it. And, and just with grief, it's not a mental illness. It's a crappy part of life. But I think when people repress their feelings and stuff like that, I think that they do um, that mess up. But if, if life is going wrong, you know, if you're having financial problems or health problems or whatever, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's easy, but the more you focus on what's not going right, you're going to keep getting what's not going right. Thoughts become things and nothing changes if nothing changes. And I'm not saying it happens overnight, but you got to start looking at your life differently and, and, and seeing it differently in the way you want it to turn out. If you think something's always going to be, you're always going to be broke, you'll always be broke. The universe goes, there you go. The universe just fills your orders. Your wish is their command. And they have no sense of humor either. So don't be joking saying at this rate, I'll be working when I'm 80 because you'll be working when you're 80. Oh, I knew it. Yeah, you sure did. The key to manifest, you're manifesting anyways, either consciously or subconsciously. When you do it subconsciously, you know, when stuff we don't want show up, people always call it fate. I'm like, it's not fate. It's what you've been focusing on right? It is. So, but the key to manifesting consciously, always talk to yourself like it's a done deal. It's absolute. I am in perfect health. I'm on the beach now. I have front row parking at Costco. You know, um, I'm in a great relationship with the person who's perfect for me. Your wish is their command. That's where it comes from. So you got to command it and like, and then talk to it, see yourself in that house, see yourself on that vacation. What would it feel like to never worry about money again? What would you buy? Who would you help start? And people resist that because they're so afraid of getting their hopes up in being disappointed. And that's why they tend to end up where they were, they were in the first place. I'm like, take a risk, choose your heart. Your life is what you make it and thoughts become things. Look, and I have negative thoughts too. You know, I have moments where I'm not very spiritual or Canadian, right? But I don't stay in that place, right? I don't. And I correct myself and go, you know what? This is not going to serve me. And some, and you get tests along the way, you know, you know, karma, you know, how people treat you is their karma. How you react is yours right? How you react is yours, right? Is that so you just really want to be conscious of what your thoughts are. And two, you know what? I mean, we all have negative moments, but you generally want to be in a happy place, you know, and the way to do that is to try and be grateful for what's going right. You know, if you can walk on your own two feet, if you could breathe on your own this morning, if your children are healthy, I mean, there's always stuff to be grateful for, especially here in Canada, you know, and if you more focus on what's going right, you get more of what's going right. And when things go wrong, if stuff comes up, try not to overthink it or think, just go inside yourself. All the answers, all the guidance will be, will be there. But thoughts really do become things. And when you start looking at any situation differently, in that moment, things start to change. Beyond Burgers will sponsor the Jan Arden radio show and podcast. We will be sponsored. Yeah. Beyond Burgers. Talk like it's already a done deal. Money in the bank, whatever. 
Kim, we could talk to you for a million years, but we have to say goodbye. Aww. Thank you so much for having me on. I could talk to you all day. Sarah and I are... Sarah, I'll give you free reading. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll there give you go, free Sarah. reading. But we have been talking today with the fabulous Kim Dennis. And how can people get a hold of you, Kim, if they do want to book you? Oh, thank you. I have a Facebook page, Clairvoyant Kim, and I have a website, clairvoyantkim.com. Well, there you go, folks. You've been listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm here with Sarah, with Kim. Kim, I hope you'll come back and talk to us again, and I mean that. Anytime. My pleasure completely. Well, that was our podcast today with Kim Dennis. We hope you enjoyed. What a great guest. She's always filled with so much insight and kindness and positivity. And I always leave her feeling inspired and really excited about life and all the magic that's out there. Regardless of what you believe or don't believe or what's real and what's not real, it is a really fantastic opportunity being alive on this planet. It is filled with triumphs and tragedies and hardships and we win some, we lose some, there's lots going on in the world, but it doesn't hurt to be optimistic and it doesn't hurt to feel like all the people that came before us kind of have our back, Sarah. That's an important part of who we are and where we came from. And I really feel my parents around all the time. I hope you have a good reading with Kim. I will report back. As always, hit subscribe. You can listen to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or where you stream your podcasts. iHeartRadio is a great place to start. Uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Jan Arden Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Totally do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.